Showcase Sundays today on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audiences. Sonic Speaks. I'm here with Ed Jowd from Shades of Vengeance, and he's back to talk about one of his latest Kickstarter campaigns. How are you tonight, Ed? Good to see you. I am doing great, Jack. Well, as great as anyone can during lockdown, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) As you say, I'm back for a little bit more punishment from Kickstarter. We've been working really hard on this end. Um, the, The Ear Escapes part of what we do, which is the audio drama bit... We actually finished and published uh, A Titan's Rise, which I spoke to you about before, actually just within days of the Kickstarter ending. Wow, um, So we were, we were pretty much all ready. We just had to record the credits and then, and then do a quick sort of revision on them uh, because one of the things that we offered on our Kickstarter, as you might remember, and we are again, I should say, for anyone who feels like they missed out, was a producer credit. So, you know, at the end of the day, in in real life, producers give a lot of money towards a production. And we thought that anyone who's willing to give us a little bit of money towards uh, paying the actors and the various other bits and pieces that we have to do uh, absolutely deserves a producer credit. So we like to put that down as one of our reward tiers. And of course, you get a script and you get, you know, you get a credit in the script and you get a credit on the end of the audio drama and you get a... You know, you get the uh, the audio drama itself, of course, that you that you help produce. So that is the one thing that means that we can't entirely finish before a Kickstarter runs because we have to wait for those credits. For sure. But as soon as that was done, uh, we we had that out the door, and I've now delivered all but five rewards. The reason being, the proofs of my novel, which was one of the one of the major rewards, have only just arrived. Unfortunately, it's a bit slow on the printing. I should say that we committed to July twenty twenty one. For wow. delivery date, so we're we're reasonably reasonably ahead of the curve. I'd like to think. Good. And uh, <laughs> and you know I'm looking forward to delivering those. It's it's literally just waiting on the printer at this point. It's not like I'm doing anything. Right. So you know we decided okay it's time. Uh, you know we we've been very quiet during 2020. We really want to be make a little more noise. We want to <laughs> quite literally make a little more noise. We wanted to <laughs> release something else. And we actually I might have told you last time we had seven audio shorts that were in production. That's right. And we've produced one of them already, Declaration the Bug War number one. And it was so much fun. Like, that is one of actually one of my favourite things that we've done overall. And we decided that what we'd do is we'd pick it up and do the sequel. Oh, excellent. So the sequel is, is one of the most interesting audio dramas that we actually did out of those seven. Because it, it's focused around this sort of James Bond in space guy. <laughs> and he, uh, you know, he, he is sent by the star of the previous one he is sent to go and investigate these aliens that murdered her mother during the first contact right i believe you might have actually played declaration um on the mutual audio network that's right uh going way back she sends him to go and find out more with what he's doing um you know he goes in and he he discovers about these aliens and and he's trying to find out their combat capabilities and where the military targets are and everything that you'd expect but the thing is that what he's doing mostly is walking around quietly which, as I'm sure you know, is not a recipe for the perfect audio drama. <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was a real challenge to get this one to work because, you know, there is there is some walking and there's an opportunity to do the odd crunch on sand or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he does say logs and things, but there's a lot of stuff that's going on in the comic that it was based on that you can see visually. So, you know, he'll walk up and he'll go, oh... 
Um, you know, I realise that, you know, there's no difference between military and civilian in this society. All of the warriors have families, live with their families. There are no military bases or anything. It's more like they all kind of come together like a militia. Right. And, you know, while he's saying that in the comic, there's a warrior there sort of thrusting with a spear. And uh, the, the warrior's little, little, tiny little insectoid child uh, sort of bashing stones together. And the warrior's other half, presumably, um, sort of cooking in a metal pot. <laughs> and we try putting all these sounds in, and it's like, oh my god, that's just a cacophony of no one even knows what that is. <laughs> <laughs> and Ben Spadaro, who picked up the editing for this one, he's done a fantastic job. Um, he's even written some custom music for it. Fantastic. He went away and did that off his own back. That was that was entirely his choice to, to do that. And it's brought out some of the elements that we really wanted to show. It's a powerful story, and we managed to get a really fantastic lead actor for it as well. His name's Josip Simic, and uh, <laughs> he was along with us for several of the ones we recorded. And actually, he was in Declaration. Um, yes. He was the one who says hello, and then gets ripped in half. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so in every single one except this, which is the very, very last one of the seven we recorded, even though there's a, um, there's a sequel, uh, a, a further sequel to this one. There are three Bug Wars. Okay. But this was actually the last one we recorded, and in all of the other ones he was in, he dies horribly. <laughs> so he finally got to do one where all that happens is he's captured and tortured, and he doesn't die horribly. <laughs> <laughs> to step up, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's what I thought. I thought that was fair enough. It was a really, really fun story to tell because of the challenges as the director and, and looking at the audio. And we got uh, Jade Melhuish, who played Val. That's Liam, the main character's virtual assistant. Right. Sort of an AI. And she played Val and, and did a fantastic job. We got MC McLean, who played Hai Shang in the first one. We got her back to come and, come and play Hai Shang again. Cool. And we recorded all this last year before any talk of quarantine. You know, we recorded it in the summer last year. You know, anyone who's listening to this and thinking, holy crap, if they recorded where he is right now, the sound quality must be terrible... Um, I wasn't even living in this house then. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things that's been a really long time in coming. It, it really has. Like, to actually get things over the line in the world of COVID is a really tricky thing to do. I'm sure you know from all your work. For sure. Lots of stuff is, there are people working at home, which is helpful, but lots of other businesses could be wonky in whether they're open or not or open this week and not next week <laughs> their hours could change their availability of materials could change yeah you're uh, right. things like printers struggle yeah i mean absolutely and and as we such a big part of what we do is is book based right you know not having the printers open or maybe having them working but at half the normal speed it's very very significant you know sure and it's been one of those things that, in the meantime, our normal editor, who did the work for A Titan's Rice, she actually left for South Africa. Because she's from South Africa, she was here I remember um, on a student visa, that, yeah. and her student visa ended, uh, her degree. She passed her degree, she did She did well, I'm, I'm pleased to say, if I didn't Great. say that last time. But that obviously made things harder, because suddenly we didn't have an editor anymore. But it also opened up an opportunity. So, I mean, this is one of the things about COVID, and one of the things that I've discovered really in the year where we all sat there doing nothing as much as possible don't get me wrong i'm not belittling anyone who has to go out for their job you know for respect sure. to anyone who does that and, and braves it every day because yeah. i'm not sure that i could do that i'm in the fortunate position that i don't need to the great pause the great hold in that it respect, kind of is yes. isn't it yeah and you know the thing is that there are advantages that you can find in it 
as we spoke about before, I create tabletop role-playing games. Yes. And all of these are in the same universes. And COVID has given me the opportunity to sit down with people over Discord or, or whatever else and just sit there and play a game. Right. Actually run games with people who I may never have run games with otherwise. Or, or you know, maybe do one as a promotion kind right. of thing. But not actually ever really do it meaning to run a game. Of course, yeah. And then secondly, you know, this kind of thing with uh, Zulian not being available, it meant that I was able to reach out to the community and say, hey, would anyone like to have a go? And one of the voice actors who contributed to a lot of our different productions said, yes, I would love to do some editing. You know, I want to improve my skills on that. Uh, he's fantastic. I mean, he, he undersells himself, to be honest, does Adam. <laughs> but, uh, you know, he said, yeah, I, I want to be able to improve my skills. I had Ben Spadaro, among others, uh, the, the editor of this one, come forward and say, hey, yeah, I'd love to have a go at, at editing something. And, you know, if it leads to something overall longer because we find we can work together, then fantastic. Yes. And to me, that's kind of like the best case scenario in the world of COVID. Yes. Because it, it means that you have the opportunity to reach out in a way that you normally wouldn't. Right. And that, to me, is a fascinating and interesting thing, as well as an inspiring thing. I think it's a really strong, positive thing that we're able to do this and we're able to say, hey, you know what? There are other things we can do. I've heard COVID compared to the Spanish flu pandemic back in uh, the uh, early part of the 20th century. That's right. And right. I can only imagine, we are so lucky that, that the technology that is allowing you and I to talk right now exists. Yes, absolutely. You know, it's, it's amazing on its own, let alone, you know, outside of COVID, it's amazing on its own that I can just sit here in my, in my room and speak with someone out in Canada. But the doors that it opens in this situation... It's phenomenal. Yes. It's truly... It, it gives you this opportunity to go, yeah, actually, you know what? This is a bit of a marvel that we've got that we're sitting on right here. Mm -hmm. It's almost like... I remember reading something that said, you know, the idea that you might be able to witness the birth of your child when you're not in the room. For military people over overseas or whatever, you know. Sure. But, but the idea of that, even 30 years ago, 40 years ago, would have been ridiculous. Yes. You know, it's just, really? What? Nah, come on. We're all alone together, you know, yeah. through COVID. And that makes a big difference as opposed to, mm. like you said, the Spanish flu, when people are so isolated and afraid to come out of their houses and afraid yeah. to even see their neighbors. Yeah. It provides for a lot more, like you say, opportunities for people to get together. It kind of reminds me as gamers, you and I both role-playing games, as those early days when we were kids... And we could play in the basement and shut out the rest of the world and we were together in person, you can still do virtually and it feels almost like that. Like you're doing something that's a little unusual to the rest of the world, but you guys get it. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. And for people like you and I, whether they're gamers or not, you know, whether they do this sort of thing a lot or not, the fact that it's there and available is... I hear a lot of people say... But what has humanity achieved since the internet? You know, what have we actually achieved? You know, we, we've got smartphones, but that's just smaller computers. I mean, that's not an achievement. I think sometimes people, sort of Gen X people, look at it and go, well, okay, kind of, okay, we haven't really achieved that much. But I think that sometimes people underestimate what kind of truly amazing technology. Yes, the internet is the thing that it sits on, but ultimately this is a separate thing that is is a 
genuine step forward for humanity. I think so too. And another thing that I glean that you and I share is in mindsets. I think we're both systemic people in that we create systems of stuff. I'm a huge databaser. I have piles of books and role-playing games that I have created, not the full gaming systems, but mm. modules and stuff like that. And, and they, they, of course, they all fit in a world because I systemically built that all up. Same thing with all my writing and everything like that. So I, I think we're akin in that way. This kind of setup is ideal for us. I was talking to one of my artists the other day, and she's, uh, she's doing uh, artwork for a book that we started some time ago and and then released a sort of a mini version, and we've now funded the core rulebook, which is fantastic. Right. But she said to me, oh, well, lockdown has meant that loads and loads of people have finally had that time to do the writing. Yeah, and I'm completely booked up with covers, but don't worry, I haven't forgotten you. <laughs> I'm still working on it, sort of in the background, and, and we're working through the images. But yeah, I mean, it's people have suddenly found that they have time. Right. And I've just finished running uh, what I call Eremo, which is sort of like NaNoWriMo, but <laughs> because of the way that I work, I'm not able to just focus on one thing and write 60,000 words. But, you know, I, I go into November going, okay, I'm going to write 3,000 words a day uh, this year, and I'm going to work on this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing, and this is my overall goal when I finish. And I moved house during November, so I gave myself a bonus day. So I've literally finished today that we are recording it. Well, congratulations. I've literally just finished. I've written over 100,000 words instead of 90,000. Wow. I'm virtually sending off a champagne bottle is popping right now. There I you go. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I've, I've completed four books. Wow. They're all with the proofreaders now, just waiting to be finished off. It's a fantastic achievement. And not only that, I usually do this alone. You know, I, I usually go, okay, well, I'm going to go away and write some stuff. And this year I thought, okay, look, we're all suffering from COVID. We're all suffering, feeling a bit isolated and so on on the Discord. And anyone who'd like to get involved, pick your target, say what your target is, work towards it and, and give some updates as you go. Cool. And another 10 people got involved. Wonderful. And between us, we have written somewhere in the region of 300,000 words. Wow. We've produced a bot for the Discord that... Uh, sort of references our rule sets so that stuff can be pulled out. We've been doing character sheets. Um, one of the things I did is I wrote a session every day for 30 days. So I now have 30 sessions that I came up with over the last month for various different games that I've written, but all various different games. And uh, a couple of other people have also written about 10 sessions each. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's phenomenal to to you know to sit down and see that people are inspired to create. Yes. And for the most part, it, it doesn't matter what they're doing. And and I said, look, it doesn't need to be anything to do with what I'm doing. And, and most of them did choose to do something to do with era games. And that's, you know, I'm I couldn't be more honored. You know, I don't I don't go, oh yeah, well that's because I'm awesome. <laughs> no, I couldn't be more honored that they've chosen to sort of give their time for to that. Sure. But the the fact that people all they need is a little bit of a push yep. to sit down and create and the time to do it. And suddenly COVID has meant that people have that time. It's, Absolutely. it's remarkable to me, and it is one of those things about the adaptability of human beings. We can. We can find that time, and we can use the fact that this is a crappy situation, because it is, and no one's, no one's going to say otherwise. But we can use the fact that this is a crappy situation to focus ourselves on that thing that otherwise we might never have done. And I think that's, I think that's fantastic. I think it's so inspiring. That's amazing. 
Is that related as well to the Kickstarter campaign that you're running out of time for? So it's sort of, uh, everything is tangentially related because right. everything exists in the same universe. Right. It's so all the settings, they're all based within the same universe and they're connected through various ways that are gradually being revealed. And Era the Consortium, the sci-fi universe, which you might argue is sort of the core, the first, the flagship universe, or setting, I should say. Right. I have written 12 sessions for that during the month. Most of my other work was actually focused on one of the other settings, but a number of other people have also written settings in that, sorry, sessions in that setting. One person has written a novel, you know, uh, intended as a novella. Um, it was going to be 45,000 words and then so it's crept on and crept on and crept on, and now it's at the 60,000 word mark, which is, you know, I and mean, that's fantastic. Sure. Um, and this is just about their character in the universe. You know, uh, nice. doing, I haven't read it. I don't I don't know what it's about right. yet. But, uh, you know, sort of exploring this universe and, and experiencing it as only their character can. Right. All of that kind of builds on, on this universe. And Infiltration, the bug war number two, is one of those pivotal moments in this universe where things change. At the end of Declaration, you know the aliens as murderers who just killed the First Contact Party and they need to be destroyed. Right. And I'd like to think that by the end of Infiltration, you're maybe questioning that a little bit. You're maybe going, hey, maybe it's not quite that cut and dry. Liam, our secret agent man, he certainly doesn't feel it's that cut and dry. He feels that the Consortium must survive, but he's not going to be happy about it. He's not right. going to be happy about having to kill them. And I think that makes it an interesting story in itself. So what are you looking for for folks from uh, your Kickstarter campaign? You said it's ending in several days? Uh, yeah. So as of recording, it's ending in five days. Okay. And uh, that's Sunday, the 6th of December gotcha. at 9 p.m. Eastern. No, okay. 9 p.m. UK, 4 p.m. Eastern. Let's try that again. Right. And the the audio drama itself, it's 17 minutes long. It's only three pounds right. to help support us. All of that money gets split between the, the cost and the crew who did the work. Right. Um, none of that is for sort of the corporate fat cats, which I guess in this case would be me. <laughs> I, I get a little for the directing work I did, but nothing to right. do with the fact that I created the IP or... Or any of the rest of that. It's it's only for the work that people have done. And all of the profit gets shared proportionately, shall we say. Depending yes. on the amount of work that everyone does. So, you know, it's £3 just to get hold of the, the one. If you want to support a little more and you want to have the full version of Declaration. Uh, obviously, you played a slightly pre-launch version, shall we say. Uh, right. On the Mutual Audio Network. That's only another £3. For, for sort of about 35-40 minutes of content. Excellent. And then you can get the script, or as I said at the beginning, you can get the producer credit. But yeah, I mean, we've hit the funded goal sort of just barely. Just, right. just, just barely. And it's a case now of, okay, well, people are going to get paid a little bit for what they've done. But I would always like to give people more money for their work. For sure. And that's really what this is about at this point. It's about getting the word out, because I think what we're doing is we're creating something that's good, that's worth listening to, that people will enjoy, that people will be willing to support, just based on our work on A Titan's Rise and our work on Declaration and Radio Free Tyrannus and the various others. I believe that people will actually be willing to support this, and I want to be able to show the actors that it was worth them spending their time, and Ben, the editor, that it was worth him spending his time. I would like to believe that people will support an audio drama because they'd like to see it happen. Okay. So, folks, I know we only have a short time with Ed today, but please go to shadesofvengeance.com to look for the Kickstarter link. Also look in our show notes. 
We will have this out Sunday morning, so a last-minute push for the Kickstarter campaign. Hopefully, we can get you some more people in there. Ed, thanks so much for coming for this quick update. I hope we'll hear from you again soon. It's always exciting to talk to you about your world, the era, and all of the collections and all the different time zones that it takes place in. Really cool stuff. Thank you so much for having me again. I hope to be back, and I know that we've had a chat and... Fans should listen out on, you said it was Wednesdays in January. Wednesday Wonders in January. We're going to have some specials from Shades of Vengeance. Yeah, we're we're, going to get you some awesome stuff uh, uh, for your your enjoyment. Awesome. Thanks again, Ed. Have a great night. Now, you seem to me to be a connoisseur of the best of radio drama. In which case, make sure you're subscribed to the Monday Matinee feed. There we have our weekly series of dramatic, theatrical, classic, eclectic, and live radio drama. So, yeah, either the main mutual audio network feed for all types and genres of audio drama, or the Monday Matinee. And we'll see you there. The Mutual Audio Drama Network, where we listen and imagine together. 